Welcome to the Cactus Pit Podcast with host Sean and Ryan. Hello guys, welcome. Bala Selvam, founder of Average Geniuses. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. So, retired uh, Marine and uh, founder of Average Geniuses. Quite a busy man, um, all over the place, all over the country, taking care of business. Could you maybe uh, tell us a little bit about Average Geniuses and how it got started? Yeah, so I mean, Average Geniuses kind of came up where it was like I was uh, I was actually helping my uh, my friend move out of his apartment, and we had like found a way to get all of his stuff in his apartment, out of his apartment and onto the street all in one move. I Meaning we had like this as- crazy assembly line with a rope to his car, and we just got couch, everything, bed, down. And then we walked out, we're like, we are, we are a bunch of geniuses. And we walked out of his apartment, <laughs> and we left our, and we walked out of his apartment to his car. And when we got out there, we realized, damn, we left our phone, keys, wallet, everything in the house, and we can't get back in. Mm. And we're like, all right, so we're not quite geniuses, but like, we're about average. <laughs> so, so we were stuck, we were actually locked out of the apartment for about seven hours because it was like the high security thing where it was like you couldn't get back in <laughs> so we had to wait till someone let us back in and we had to find a way to get to his his apartment anyways we were like you know what we're just gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna just gonna make an LLC about average geniuses smart guys who are just dumb by nature and anyways once we said once we did that you know it turned out to be like we were just making a bunch of jokes about like different things that we're doing and then, then came the tagline of like, oh, we make our own rules 100% of the time, which was like a kind of like a kind of one of those little pitfalls you run into where it's like you have certain problems that you're, you're shoved into and you have one or two solutions that either just get, get beat up on or beat up on the other guy or there's a third option, just don't get beat up at all or don't beat anybody up, right? And so every, everything we did, we did have like jest of like to make it funny. So every time we found ourselves in a jam, like for instance, there were certain things like you know we ended up making the LLC, uh, like incorporating it and everything, and then so we started investing in companies. And one of those things that we were starting doing over time was investing in, like super small like ideas, and then finding different ways to like expand them out, right? So like different things like, for instance, like we're doing we're doing art shows right now. We're we're planning on doing a couple art shows, right? And we're calling it Campers for a Cause. And some of it was like, all right, well, hey, we want art. Uh, but what the hell do we do with the money? And what will get people to care to buy the art and come and for a good cause? And we were like, oh, well, yeah, what we give to teachers who don't have a lot of money? And so one of the funniest things we did was like, hey, I don't know where to start, but here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go to art shows, and we're just going to act like we know what, what art is. And so we started doing that over the last couple like last couple of years. We were like, okay, we're going to build this out. We're just, and so the last couple of years, we kept going to art shows. And we, we acted like we knew what the art was, but we Googled what the artwork was prior and then start talking about it, mm-hmm. and eventually it got people interested to where they were like, hey, so we're going to do. Hey, how about we sponsor your event because you know so much about art and you really care about this problem. So this is, this is uh, you ever heard of Velvet, Bubs, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw? Have you, y'all ever seen that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? I've seen it. It's like that crazy yeah. like art movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's just what I thought of. No, honestly, that's, that's kind of where we were kind of, we watched the movie afterwards and we kind of thought about it, but stuff like that, right? Like there's always those guys that have, they might have like a lot of the, like, you know, you hear about the Michael Dells or the Steve Jobs of the world, like, where they just, like, came out of nowhere and just, just right off the bat nailed it, yeah. right? Like, 
that stuff doesn't happen so often, right? So, but there are people who have ideas that they just need a little bit of help or they need to find another way around it, right? So, like, every single time, that's what we call average geniuses. Like, hey, we just made a, a place where you can, you know, we made it into, like, a social media uh, blogging platform within the, within the Department of Defense where it was like, hey, if you have a crazy idea, that's not really, like, a popular opinion or people think about it that often. Hey, just write about it, blog about it. And put on average geniuses, hey, someone, one of our audience will see it, and they'll say, oh, that's an interesting idea. We should do that. Kind of like my friend, he called it the pragmatic data science of, the pragma the pragmatism of data science. And what his thought process was like, hey, there's a there's a data science, and there's a way people think about it naturally. And there's a thing, there's a way to honestly think about it so unorthodox that why even bother to think about it as, a, as like a, like a technology thing, mm -hmm. more than it's like a person thing. I thought that article was perfect, right? It was like a perfect thing for average geniuses because the way you picked it up was like, hey, when you're talking to people, that's a data collection. So when you're when you're talking and you're collecting that data, guess what? You have now the ability to like make yourself a, the the technology for data for data extraction. So the whole article is pretty amazing. Where he was like, yeah, hey, so if you have your phone, your phone if your phone's taking up the data, why not just Use your phone, take it, tie it to a database. So every time you're talking to people, you take the data your phone's taking, and now you get to keep it. Mm. And that was the interesting part of the, about that article. And so stuff like that, where it's like, hey, there's a lot of stuff that you could do. Um, though you're the, I don't want, I don't want my data stolen. Yeah, Edward Snowden. Right, <laughs> but you know, if someone's gonna steal your data, you might as well have it too. And this is true. And yeah. uh, AI is actually expediting that process by people getting your data. Yeah, they uh, just came out with a voice activation. They can listen to you talk for like I think a minute or less, and then they can dictate anything they want with your voice and your tone. And they could call your parents and say, "That's so scary. Hey, mom, uh, I got arrested down in Las Vegas. Uh, I need you to send me twelve hundred bucks to get out of jail and get home." Yeah. And, you know, a mother in uh, Oklahoma, southwest Oklahoma, answers the phone. She doesn't know about AI. She yeah. hasn't heard of this before. She's just hanging out with her friends, enjoying life. And then she sends this money off to the scammer. So it's becoming, like, even more important to uh, maintain your data um, and in a secure way, I believe. Oh, yeah. But also with, like, ChatGPT and the other ones that are out there, again, that's where the average genius thing comes into play where it's like, hey, you can look at it as like, oh, it's a cool tool where I can say whatever I want and get whatever I want back. But there's also like another aspect of like, hey, it's a really cool tool to like advance my game or, or, or get whatever I need to, right? So like, for instance, with Canvas or Cause, like one of the things we were thinking about was like, hey, what if we could just individualize uh, how each teacher, like whatever, what each teacher wants. So like one thing we're working on is like, hey, literally just like, I was just kind of bored and I went on ChatGPT and I was like, hey, can you build me a web application that can showcase kind of like e-commerce store? And where, but it's built off of the jot forms we're getting from all these teachers and their feedback and what they wanted. And we're like, okay, well, hey, tell me how to do this and give me the answers, kind of thing. And so ChatGPT built up a web app that looks like kind of like your typical Amazon uh, shopping cart. Uh, but the difference is when we took like a Zapier, which is like an automation tool, we tied our jot form to our AWS instance. Uh, like a database, a SQL database within our AWS, and then we tied that to the web application. And with, now what you saw was whatever that teacher asked for. And because we asked them to put a login information of username, password, we failed to put that, and then boom, that teacher now had their own like portal, so to speak, right? And so from there, we we're like, hey, well, if we donate the money, put it, put it in this bank account, how do we tag the teacher? 
as ChatGPT. Great, we got the code, we put it on there. I wrote not one line of code. That was all ChatGPT, and you can go down the rabbit hole of, oh, is it proprietary or whatever? I was like, hey, cool, whatever, it's lines of code, we'll get over it. Um, but now, like, right, I d I'm not, uh, I, I used to program a lot, I lost that ability, but because of ChatGPT, like within like what, a week and a half, we built a whole web application based off of that one little scenario mm -hmm. and didn't have to do much about it, right? And think about how far you can go with that kind of that kind of tool with, you know, if you want to move fast. It yeah. goes back to the days of like when Mike, like when Michael Dell and Steve Jobs were building, it, or Steve Wozniak and them were building like computers and then selling them. It's like, okay, we're now in that, that realm again where you can be creative and do that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's definitely going to take away a lot of jobs. Well, AI, not chat. Well, I don't know. Maybe chat GPT. I have no idea. But like, it takes the authenticity away from a lot of stuff. It's like, hey, chat GPT, write me a book about blah, 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 whatever. So, or well, I, don't, I don't really, I'm super ignorant when it comes to the technology, so I don't know too much about it. But like, well, well let's take AI, for example. It's like, I think we have probably talked about this on a prior podcast, but um, it's like AI would be able to take over like customer service jobs, which is weird. It's crazy to think about. I mean, well, may we'll maybe. Well, think about this way. Like if the way history has gone, you take one job away, you'll have more other jobs that spot, that get spurned up, right? Someone has to now develop ChatGPT. Now someone has to put in that input. Like ChatGPT isn't like a tool that you have to use, right? It's knowing what to ask ChatGPT to get something out of it, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So if I succeed with ChatGPT, what made and you didn't? What made me different than you? I just asked the right questions. Yeah. Right. So someone has to like do that. So now your customer service is now inward facing to just use ChatGPT, right? And then when you talk about originality, I don't think we've had any original work since like Shakespeare, right? Think about anything that has nothing to do with Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, King's Lair, like those three are the most like plagiarized works of all time, right? Every movie you watch is all based off one of those three, right? Rom-coms, action, tragedies, right, like, drama, right, they're all based off of those original works, right, so now, like, you're talking about originality, like, we haven't had originality for a very long time. It's true, because, like, I was watching, uh, I was watching some movies the other day and didn't know it was a remake, and then I found that it was, and I was like, oh, my God. Mm. It's kind of like the first time I found out Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, this is totally different. If Arnold Schwarzenegger was like on steroids. I was like just totally let down. Like, mm. oh my god, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, what are we, what are we looking at here? It's like, okay, well, you want to look that big? Like, there's no getting around using steroids. Like, yeah. You, you kind of have to, right? If you don't, well, you're gonna have muscle, but it's not gonna be massive, yeah. right? So from that standpoint, like for me, when I see originality, it's like, hey, you could try to be original and spend your entire life trying to be original, but you can always be a new type of creative, which is like you're taking what somebody else did and then you're putting your own experience to it, a different flavor to it, right? Yeah, for so, sure. So yeah. for me, like, ChatGPT would help you uh, get to attain that goal because then you could put in, well, my goals are to have bigger quads, calves, and uh, better glutes, right? So then ChatGPT would assume, like, assumably write you out a workout program that you would otherwise have to go to a – a professional for right go That's to a, pretty a, good idea. a physical yeah. therapist or something like that if you've injured yourself if you have a sciatic nerve issue you could just type in a uh, chat GPT you know s symptoms uh, solutions and things like this so um, even from a even from a uh, law standpoint 
if it was just a minor traffic ticket you were trying to contend with or something. You know, the information is the power. So it puts the information in the hands of us. Um, that's kind of the way that I view ChatGPT. It's like everybody's new smartest best friend. Yeah. You know, um, the only drawback to that is, you know, how smart is it? Dude, well, so so I was listening. Uh, it was the Joe Rogan podcast that I was listening to the other day, and I forget who he was talking to, but they were talking about this AI that or a robot or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but it like started teaching itself and then it talked it. I don't know necessarily what the exact language is, but it was Bangladesh and it like just taught itself to speak that language. And it's just like, holy crap, we need to unplug that shit right now. Oh yeah. Well, so well, that's, so the AI itself is like not so much the problem, right? So like think about AIs now, yes, or computers in general, you have to put in something for that computer to do it, yeah. right? So where we're at AI, if you keep putting stuff into the AI, from a code standpoint, not even like information standpoint. You can type whatever you want, the AI will just give you what it has. But if you keep pumping information to that, you keep, keep pumping code into that, then that's what it gets, yeah. right? So at a certain point, the AI is still not as smart as any human being, right? Because you could still use the AI for whatever purpose you want it to. The thing is you still have to, one, action it, and two, you still have to like know what to say to it, right? Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, okay, we could get our own training plans from ChatGPT instead of going to personal trainer. But, or the personal trainer can go on there and do the same thing, and he knows more. So get, he or she knows more. So guess what they could do? They could predicate their entire business out of that, mm -hmm. right? And if you're a smart personal trainer, now the option of like, oh, I'm not business savvy is not even a thing anymore. I just this morning was like, you know what? I wrote 60% of my business plan, and I'm kind of tired. So here's what I'm going to do. Hey, ChatGPT. And I specified what it needed what I wanted from it, yeah. built the other 40%. And I was like, hey, that's like now zero excuse for anybody to say, I don't know how to write a business plan, right? And you can keep diving in and keep asking why, right? Kind of like for me, like I, I mentioned again before the pod, we, we turned this on, was like, hey, I'm not a technical guy. But when I was over at Special Operations Command Pacific, we built a hybrid multi-cloud in like 55 days. The Army started a year earlier. We had started, it, and before I got there, kind of screwed up a little bit getting it like planted down but in 55 days we beat every service component to get there did i know anything about it no but i knew i, I knew what questions to ask and i knew who to ask it to so and okay so that was, that's not that's no different than everybody else that was there at the time correct right it was just so that's where the kind of the average genius part comes in and like making your own rules 100 percent of the time i knew hey some rules need to change i knew they weren't laws so they're easier to change and i was like hey i need answers I have the most powerful tool of all, which is the thing that was on my chest, which was this, I'm a U.S. Marine, and I'm an officer, and I'm in this position. Hey, I'm going to call everyone that I know in the industry that knows this answer and work with them to build it out yeah. rather than trying to do it myself and take the credit, right? Because if, if you do a good job and you have that and you are diligent on the questions you're asking, you know, the credit's going to come your way anyways, right? So we built that out, and guess what? Now everyone's seeing the value of a hybrid multi-cloud environment with 5G, right? They understand what 5G is, they understand what cloud is, and they understand how to work it. I would say that I would say that some people, if you could maybe break that down a little bit, uh, what the hybrid multi-cloud is and how 5G and, uh, and that works together. Yeah, so really what a hybrid multi-cloud is, right? So let, let's break it down. You have the cloud. Everyone uses the cloud on their phone, right? It backs up. You get the information when you get a new phone, right? And everything goes right back in your phone. And the power of the cloud is the fact that you're not stuck with what you're provided in a box, right? It's an elastic, it's a cloud. It expands, contracts. 
based on what information you're putting in. Right now you got a multi-cloud. So what that really means is each cloud provider um, has its own like unique thing that it has, right? It's niche thing that's really good at. So what we did was we broke it up like Amazon or Microsoft Azure. So Amazon has Amazon Web Service and Microsoft has Azure, which is their cloud provider. Azure does some really good stuff with AIML. Um, AWS is really good at processing power. So we split up the two things where one was doing processing power, one was doing AIML and other functional tasks, and then we just had them work back and forth with each other. And where the hybrid comes in, you're still, you still need a data center, right? Because if you keep everything in the cloud, it's super expensive and you're gonna have a huge bill. So what we do is we function it up here in the cloud and shove it back down to the box, a predefined set of data, like, like memory that we have, and we alternate constantly. We're alternating that data, we're, we're turning and burning. And we're saying, okay, now we need more information from this set of data, we push back up, and then we get it churning, get the information we need, shove it back down. And so it's a constant little juggle of like making sure we're not overloading the box past its capacity, and we're not overloading the cloud uh, past its capacity where we don't have the money, right? And so where 5G kind of comes in is like where we try to get to the like, you know, what we're going on in the Pacific, which is like the edge native architecture, right? It's one of those things where in order for something to work in like an air-gapped environment, which is like something cut off from the rest of the world, right? You Like I have it and it's, it's securely in my hands and unless you get access to that physical box, you don't have my information, right? So from there, that's where 5G comes in. It's like, okay, we need more information. 5G is a fast processing power and it can tail end on the different towers walking back, what we call a backhaul. And that allows me to turn on the 5G get my processing power, turn it off. And so you're below that noise floor, wherever you're at, right? If you're trying to not get caught, right? And a lot of industry guys do this a lot and stuff like that. So it's like, hey, this is a really good aspect of like, and a lot of 5G is like inter internet of things. It provides you a huge, amount, a huge amount of like capabilities that outside of your phone move, just going at light speed, there's way more than that. So it's like more intuitive to what you want to do. Right, like so. If I want my, if I if I want to churn out data within the cloud to do this on a specific box and have it work on the move, I mean, like we have a convoy or something, or we're like we're in a car, we're on a road trip, and I just want it to work, right? And I want it to constantly adapt to this situation. Like we were just talking about AI, right? I want my AI to continuously learn, like a Jarvis in, in Iron Man, right? Yeah. That's where five G would be a very very good use case. Now Jarvis is in in my car. It's on my phone. So if someone texts me and I want to call them, it understands what types of texts or whatever that I want to call to. And because of that, my car, if I'm if I answer a phone call, my car automatically goes to autopilot, right? That would be the future, and that would be like 5G or future generations or Gs that we get to. We'll end up being able to do that. So that's where like a lot of the experimentation came from, right? So that's what that, uh, that in a nutshell is what that means. So from, from just another angle, um that kind of seems to be a, a mechanism of control in a way. Once everything becomes automated and cars and places and things like that are automated, there's no more combustion engine cars. You know, the, the anonymity that comes along with having a vehicle is kind of the first thing that you get, you know, a 16. It's kind of like your first, this is mine, you know, I can drive around. It's, it's my thing. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting world because of all the data. I know data is the new gold, and, you know, being able to store it and, and uh, access it is highly, highly important. Um, on the, the intelligence side, you know, when, when you were in the 
uh, Marine Corps, you know, would you guys use any particular technologies that um, assisted you out when you were out in downrange? Honestly, a lot of that was just like our eyes and ears, right? So if you're if you're using your eyes and ears, again, that technology can be so good. If you just don't want to use it, it'll it'll suck, right? It is how you look at it, right? So like anything, again, like ChatGPT is a really powerful thing. How come everyone's not a millionaire overnight, right? The the power of ChatGPT is there. Like I said, we I built an entire enterprise level web app in a couple weeks just asking ChatGPT continuously, right? Of course, we use it for like specific purposes based off of like like a nonprofit, right? <laughs> so like obviously we're not gonna make millions off of it, but like th think about it from that direction. It's like, hey, it's out there. How come no one's using it? Same thing. Our eyes and ears are always gonna be the thing that'll defeat anything, right? So like again, no matter how smart AI gets, one thing that as humans we have is like the ability to think intuitively and have dreams. Very true. If if a AI has dreams eventually, then yeah, okay, we're screwed. Right, because it can't think farther than what it has. It has to keep up with what we give it. If we stop giving it stuff, it stops. It goes in a cycle of learning based off of current information. Right, that's why if you ask ChatGPT based off of like what it has information up to 2021, if you ask it something based off something that was happening in 2023, like something we just did yesterday, it has no idea what that is. So you could come up with like an acronym, put it in there, it has no idea what that acronym means. You need to, you need, we need to ask it if it will come out with a Tropic Thunder 2. Tropic Thunder too. <laughs> yeah, right. So if it's if it's in there, hey, maybe it's in there. But if it's not in there yet, hey, no one knows about it, right? So you could say like, hey, you know, you could ask probably ask ChatGPT, hey, what's going to happen in uh, twenty twenty four at this time at this place based off of this information that you just made up mm. just mm -hmm. a second ago, and it probably won't have the answer, or it'll just give you a pretty, it would give you an answer, but it'd be a bad answer. So Bala, could I ask, could this technology be used like the? And everybody might have not seen this movie, but Minority Report with Tom Cruise where he's uh, the head of the Future Crimes Division. So yeah. based off of analytics and information that, um, that they put into the system, they can predict behavior based on uh, past behavior and then um, that way. So is that something that could be used, you think, in the future to, uh, to, to use as a mechanism, mechanism as con of control? Oh, 100%. Yeah, cause, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, if you know somebody and you watch and study a person, right, you could like, pretty much tell what they're going to do. Right, so like, right, it's like it's like a big game of poker, right? So it's like when I'm playing playing poker, sometimes I'll constantly like in the beginning be very erratic with my with my chips, right, kind of thing, where I'll like have a, a pair of twos, and there's this roll flush somewhere in there, and just to just to fuck with the other person, I'll like go right if we're like usually we do a twenty five dollar buy in, and you know stacks of ten, right? So f uh, times five, right? So I would take like two stacks, put them in there with a pair of twos, knowing that someone has a uh, like a roll flush. I'm probably not going to beat it. But if I put two chips right off the bat, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe my roll flush isn't as good as that guy's roll flush. They'll fold immediately, right, kind of thing. And Or if they don't fold, they're like, you know what? I'm ballsy. I want to go all in. They'll go all in. I'm like, all right, I know what this guy, I know I get this guy now. Mm -hmm. He's going to bet because he thinks he has the best hand. So if he's going to continuously bet, hey, maybe I should just bow out almost immediately. Right, especially if at the table's turn, he has to go before me in the, in, in the checking, right? So then at that point, it's like, okay, moving forward, this is what I'm going to bet, right? And so you can always fuck with the guy based off of the fact that he doesn't, you're so random, and he is not, mm -hmm. right? So then now at, at any other point in life, right, if I'm working with a business, and I and from a business standpoint, and I know for a fact, hey, this guy plays poker just like that, I can predict how he's going to act in a business sense no matter the topic. 
Does that make sense? Yep. So from an AI standpoint, all that'll do is, right, if I were to add more capabilities surrounding the AI, especially ChatGPT, and like take some of the open AI, open AI APIs connected to my cloud, add a voice recognition thing, and then add a voice to it, uh, what we can do is be like, hey, I want to know everything about this guy, what he's about, here's his book or art of bio, yada, yada, yada. What are, your, what are his tendencies? What should I look out for? Now I'm studying like it's like a freaking football, like I'm watching football tape, right? And I'm studying word for word. And then over time, right, I'll talk to the guy, hit those different checkpoints and be like, okay, wait, he hit the checkpoint that I knew he was going to hit. So if I want to do this, he's going to do that. And over time, you're collecting that data yourself. You can put, uh, input the data in a database. You can continuously get your AI to give you more feedback over time, right? So even now, that's that can happen like today, right? I mean, I know I do it. A lot like I'm not like I'm not gonna not take a uh, competitive advantage to somebody right I'm gonna walk in that room and know everything about the guy right so I'm doing it today minus the voice part right sure <laughs> right so like eventually I'll add the voice part and then I'll have a Jarvis on my own mm-hmm. right so but that's something to look into right it's like you're saying will it happen in the future well it's happening now and all somebody has to do is say like you know what police force here you go uh, use it for this use case. But again, that person that's in that specific like area of life, right? Someone, so, some, some like investigator has to be like, hey, hey, you know what? I want to use it for this. He's the best person to use it. So unless, until someone else that is like investigator or a police officer or whatever decides he wants to do it, it won't happen until that happens. Right? Does that make sense? Like at that makes at that sense. point, it's, it's up to that person, that user, to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm using it for my business to get, you know, uh, like to innovate how we use edge edge like edge capabilities. Sure. Yeah. The more data you can gain on on whatever you're trying to do, the more information, the better. Always. Um, I would say that for me, some of the pitfalls about Chat GPT are the the false knowledge. Like anybody can just pretend to be. Uh, you know, educated about taxes and pretend to be a lawyer, uh, you know, a tax accountant and scam a bunch of people. So from my, my perspective, I see kind of the darker side of the AI where it can kind of manipulate your data and get things kind of going in a way that you don't like, you know, um, through showing you things in your feed. Because to me, AI and social media and those platforms like Twitter and YouTube and things like that are all uh, about engagement. So it's about keeping you engaged. It's not so much about keeping you, educating you or making you a better person. It's just about keeping you doom scrolling and doing things like this. So from my, my perspective, I see AI kind of manipulating. I have a young daughter manipulating children in this way to get them to believe things that maybe they uh, wouldn't otherwise think, you know. So if I open up my feed and it's all about, you know, penguins, well, I'm probably going to take a little interest in penguins for a while, you know, and it seems like what what causes the uh, the the reels like what what dictates what reels show up in my feed, you know, because well, so. for me, it's it's like, how do they know or how are they perceiving what I'm going to want to see when my you know, I myself, I wake up in the morning, I don't even know what I really want to see. And I think that's kind of the thing that it takes away from the creativity of humans. Well, n- not really. So that's where like the the. The slogan, like, hey, I make my own rules 100% of the time, right? Like, but on all my social media feeds or whatever, I don't just say it and, like, leave it there, right? Sometimes like, you just have to, like, do it, right? Like, for instance, the fear of retaliation is the biggest thing, right? So, like, in the like in any service component, right, you have your rank structure, 
So, right, if you're a lieutenant, there's a major, he tells you to do something stupid. Most of the time, most people do it because it's like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. The problem with that is you can't get in trouble if it's wrong, right? You can get ostracized or whatever, but you can always flip the script, right? It doesn't have to be the story that is being told at that moment, right? So, like, I, this is, like, the thing I'm known for as being the rascal that keeps fucking with the rank structure, right? So to speak, like, I, there's a lot of people mad at me for saying you don't appreciate, you don't respect the rank structure. It's like, I do, just not when it doesn't work for me, <laughs> right? So like, for instance, like, so, like there was a bunch of people like, uh, I don't know, in the Pacific, they were saying like, hey, they wanted me to do these, these exercises and they were taking advantage of it and advantage of me like getting stuff done, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck no, I'm not going to give you the credit uh, for this. Like, I'm not going to take the credit myself. I'm just going to do, make a great product. Right, and so a lot of it was like, "Hey, then we'll we'll NJP, which is a non judicial punishment, which is like in a misdemeanor, right?" And so, how you most people will be like, you know, it's like a gun to your face, right? I think like if you watch Suits, like Harvey Specter says, there's 260 something ways to get out of that situation, not just get shot or do what the guy says, right? And so when you think about it that way, yeah, it's up to you to decide what you're going to listen to, what if you're going to take it 100 percent in. Right, you make the rules of what social media provides you to see. I, I think that you're I, you're more control is what I see the, your point. Yeah, and I would say to that, um, you know, for like someone like myself, you know, I enjoy like robotic stuff. I like Lex Friedman's podcast. You know, I enjoy Joe Rogan stuff, the health, and you know, so that's kind of all I've been getting lately. Which to me, it's like you know, if I don't walk into a library as a kid and open up an encyclopedia, I'm never going to know to know about these things. Because you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. So part of growing up and being creative and exploring and learning is delving into different things. But if all those things are like, all I want to be is a, you know, a rapper or an Instagram model, it's not good for society when all that is pushed on the media platforms is that type of behavior. There's no like, you're not seeing people that are going out here doing like, you know, good deeds and building churches, getting thousands of views and all this. But if you got Logan Paul, who will, you know, go steal Floyd Mayweather's hat and gets 7.9 million views, you know, <laughs> what does that say about us as a people well, and as a society and which direction we're headed? Because to me, I feel I, the same way that you do about technology being beneficial if it's used in the right way. But I also think that a lot of people will use it maliciously because just like anything, you have people that are going to do the right <laughs> thing by by themselves and by other people, and then you're going to have people that are going to use it for darkness. Oh, yeah. No, of course. But that that's, doesn't change what's happened in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Look at, like, since humans were created to now. Like, you look at fire. Like, fire was a great thing. People were going to use it fire for a lot of good things. Then people also use fire to burn people, right? So, like, at the end of the day, like, you can look at everything as, like, a, oh, like the, like the metaphorical fire, right? Like, proverbial fire like oh don't touch it it'll burn you or don't pick up the stick and burn somebody else someone's always going to do it but because of fire we have jet gpt <laughs> like in a nutshell that's why it's how we got you right 100 percent. and so like for anybody that says like hey well i'll lose my job i'll do this or you know people hold, holding me back like hey i didn't have a a life that said like hey everything worked out kind of like i sent it for instance like i'll give you a good instance like this past week like in one week right if for me, I'm one of those guys, if opportunity knocks, my ass is open to the door whether I accept that opportunity or not, right? It might not be the right opportunity, but my I'm I'm getting I'm stopping what I'm doing and I'm opening the, the, that door that when it when something's knocking, right? I'm stopping everything and not opening it up. 
just to just to see what it is, mm-hmm. right? For instance, like I told somebody, hey, today, like, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming at you right now to meet with you, and I'm being aggressive about it because I see an opportunity. I see the opportunity, and when I see the opportunity, I will always knock on that door, and I will I will open it. Or if you're knocking the door, I will always open that door. I will make time for this opportunity. So what? So that makes me think of uh, your. LLC, average geniuses. What's so? What's next for, for for what's going on with that? Yeah. So I mean, literally, uh, average geniuses was just me f- using it as a way, like, hey, this is an interesting opportunity right here. Like, let's take advantage of it, and let's keep pursuing that opportunity, and go with the flow and pivot as needed. Right. So, at first, we are investing in companies, and then we open up a social media blogging platform. Right. Or you wanted people to kind of like a medium.com meets like LinkedIn, right? Like the feed post looks like LinkedIn. Your profile, though, looks like medium where you're writing articles, right? You're posting these articles and the whole thing is around the articles or podcasts or videos where it's like, hey, you have these interesting topics you want to talk about. But instead of us as a social media blogging platform brand owning the direction of it, we're going to put it in the hands of the users, right? Because we, we saw that like, hey, if the user has a really good idea, why have an algorithm that promotes what you just said? Why not go the other way around? Why, why can't the user make the algorithm, right, for what it works, right? It's, it sounds strange to see, see it that way because everyone's like, oh, but it'll, it'll go crazy. It'll, 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 go, it'll go obscure. Like nothing will ever get the attention it needs. It'll get the attention it needs from the group that's be, is being built around, right? Kind of like we think about cryptocurrency and blockchain and stuff like that. Everyone will hate it, and everyone does hate it, but then when you use it the right way, right, when you give the people, like, open source. Think about open source. What is the most innovative thing that's ever been created? The pet rock. Well, the pet rock. <laughs> and, uh, but also the World Wide Web and the Internet. Who, who, who now owns the Internet? Who owns World Wide Web? Nobody. But those things have innovated us, have allowed us to innovate a lot further. So when we were talking about uh, Kubernetes before this whole thing happened, I told you it was open source software before that everyone started commoditizing it uh, and they created too much. Guess what? Now no one can control the growth of it because everyone's trying to grow it too fast. And it's because of that we have no experts. So well, my current company, which I took became a chief technology officer uh, for the federal side for Spectral Cloud, was like, yo, if you want Coke, you want Pepsi, hey, you can have both. We don't care. Just manage it properly, right? You manage the open source properly. Innovate how you want to innovate. Single pane of glass. Paint as you want to paint. If you want the, if you want that dot in the middle of the canvas to, to be purple, it can be purple. If you want it to be red, it can be red. If you want it to be orange, it can be orange. Kind of thing, right? So that's where I see a lot of this stuff going. Is like, hey, everyone now wants their voice to be heard. Should it be? Probably not. Is it my decision? No. Right. That's where, you know, freedom of choice comes in is, you know, you can choose what you want to spend your time doing. And if you want to spend your time building out something that you're interested in and take it to your platform and then, you know, make it your own and make it unique, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And so, average, like, that's where average users came from. Like, it, will I ever make money off of that blogging platform? Probably not. Do I care? No. Right? At the end of the day, it's like, hey, if, someone, if everyone can get on there and just blog about what they want to kind of the interesting thing they want to blog about. Hey, great. Like, you you did it, right? Because at a certain point, just saying it is, like, the first part, right? And then doing it is the other part. 
right? Writing an article about your crazy idea and putting it out there for the world, like knowing that we will promote it is one of those things where it's like, oh, that's kind of scary. Everyone's going to think I'm like a crazy nutcase, right? I remember one of my, one of the guys, right, uh, that wrote that pragmatic data science article. <laughs> he, he wrote that and, and a lot of his colleagues saw it and were like, you're, you're crazy. Why? You're, you're a neuroscientist. You wrote this about it. Everyone's going to think you're nuts. Well, somebody else saw it. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I didn't think about that, but you know what? I want to hire you because that guy's going to get, I know what that guy's going to give me, and I'm not satisfied with it. That's the biggest thing that, like, <clears throat> with what I've been, as I've been getting older and maturing and stuff like that, <clears throat> is like, I have, like, kind of like a don't give a fuck attitude, but it's like, it's good and it's also bad because it's like, take it. Like, take it for what you will, kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but. No, I, I get what you're going Because, yeah. right, I, I personally, I give a fuck, just not about what people have to say about what I'm doing. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah. for, for what I will put into it, mm -hmm. I, will, I will give everything for it, right? So, for me, it's like my, the customer service I give is the most important. That's where everything starts. Right, so when I'm, for in, for instance, we we're we did something, we're doing something with you know certain clients at Special Cloud. I will literally just make it all about okay. Here's your environment. Here's what you want to do. How do we build around it? And where do you want to actually go with this? Like, what is your end goal for this? Yeah, it's the passion yeah. thing that's like that that, that I love because like obviously you're very educated with all everything we've been talking about. It's very interesting, but it's just like. I'm more of a obs observing what you're talking about and stuff like that, but I can tell you're passionate. It's like for me, I love whiskey. Big bourbon guy. Super passionate about it. Always involved in the community with that stuff, and it's just yeah. like I love shit like that. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing. If you're passionate about it, cool. I love yeah. that shit. So, And it's more of like a <clears throat> yeah, it, literally yeah. everything you just said, essentially. Yeah. So. Well, so for me, it's like I have like a well-cultivated paranoia where it's like even for like I was telling you, I would break something down build it up the way I want it to be built up. And then if I had to give it back, I'd break it back down, build it the way they wanted it and give it back without them knowing about it. Maybe I screwed something in the wrong way or whatever. But even for whiskey, right? I'll get passionate, not about the whiskey, but how it's made. Mm. So if I, like, it's I will. Process. It's like literally, like, uh, I don't know one of my friends, uh, he started a whiskey distillery down, uh, actually on my water bottle, which I forgot, but the secret of my water bottle. Anyways, we went over there. I want to know how he built the whiskey. So I like got one of those little telescopes. You know, when you go to like your science labs, bought one of those, got a petri dish, poured the whiskey in there, and like saw what was in there, and I broke the whiskey down. And then I I, I told one of my friend, or I told my landlord uh, in Hawaii, I was like, hey, uh, do you like making whiskey? Because he was making wine. I was like, I can't. I he's like, I can like making whiskey. I was like, great. Here's how we're gonna make our whiskey. We're gonna make it ten times better, and we'll just make it here in your house. Wait. So who, who's your buddy? So. What's the name? So it was, it was so it was actually my buddy friend, but it was it was lieutenant colonel and major that were they were both uh, Marsoc, retired Marsoc Marines, so like Marine Special Forces, and they just retired. And it's like I can't ever pronounce the name, but it's like on my it's 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 on my uh, freaking uh, on my water bottle. Uh, but it's on Oahu, and it's like just right off the Marine Corps base. That's different, like a whiskey yeah. that's made in Hawaii. Yeah, there's like I think there's only like two or three. Over there? I've never I even mean, heard of that before. To be totally honest with you, like, he's probably, they're probably going to hate me for saying this, but the whiskey is, like, not great. 
<laughs> but hey man you gotta be what, honest like yeah it's just not great well, it's kind of like it, it's but like, the way they they're advertising is, is phenomenal yeah like they yeah. make people make like pour the whiskey into the bottle they they going from making the bottle to to bring the bottle to putting the whiskey in the bottle and they're like well you made it why not buy it for 40 dollars let me tell you i think that's more like 10 dollar whiskey in there but it's like but people will pay 40 dollars like they they sold me on buying it because i was like well, I, I made the bottle I'm gonna keep it, and then they were like, "Well, we'll put your logo on it for free." And I was like, "Oh, of course I'm taking it." <laughs> so I paid forty dollars. They probably got like, right, like twenty twenty five dollars of margin on that bottle, uh, and then they had a free workforce. So it was literally just like I think it was like a grand total of six seven people that work there. Yeah. And they have a workforce of people doing tours, and that's their workforce. And I'm like, yeah. that's that. I, I bought it just for the experience, right? Yeah. So, but. We ended up just breaking down that whiskey and be like, oh, this is how you make whiskey? All right, we'll just re-engineer it and put our own flavor to it. So we – it sounds gross, maybe, but we put, like, blackberry. Made a blackberry bacon whiskey. Yeah. They literally took bacon fat and infused it with the whiskey with the blackberry. So it was in bacon, blackberry-infused whiskey. And, like, yeah, we just did it. And so <laughs> so right before – and by the time the whiskey was, like, good enough for us to make or, like, to drink – I was like on my way out, and so we had a shot of the we. It literally only had enough for two shots, so my landlord and I took two shots of the blackberry whiskey, and it was probably the greatest thing I'd ever tasted. Damn, sounds delicious. I yeah. love I love both those things. Yeah, minus the whiskey. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it uh, the sober over on the sober corner <laughs> over here, but um yeah no I've had I've seen the light of the moon you know I've had plenty of whiskey over the years, but um I would say like for me my mother and my uh, my stepdad live out in Kentucky, and he's always telling me, you know, they do those uh, the whiskey tours, bourbon tours, yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I think that'd be a cool experience, you know, waking up early in the morning, going like the dew fog still in the air, you know, ride some horses, drink some uh, drink some bourbons, things like that. So maybe we'll have to get you out there, Sean. Send you on, yeah, send you on a business trip out to Kentucky for research uh, purposes. Yeah, I'd be uh, down yeah. for that. For sure, for sure. But yeah, man, so Bala, appreciate you getting on. This has been dope. Um, so Ryan and I wanted to do something for you. Um, we ended up grabbing some little knickknacks for you. Um, Let's bring them over. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that window pane right there? <laughs> that would be great. We can get something hooked up, but no, it's not that. Oh, Hold damn. on. I'll be right back. Thank you for coming on today, Bala. Yeah, appreciate it. It's a pleasure as always. Oh, look at this. We got you. <clears throat> Golf. <laughs> all right so you know brian and i have been talking about like well we need to get like a little gift bag for everyone that comes on yep. and stuff like that so it was funny because i i don't know if this is fate or if it was just some goofy thing that happened but i don't know if you like golf but we got you some golf balls pro v1 titleist honestly um, i've been looking at getting better at golf it'll make your game better amazon gift card oh nice and then also, I didn't know this, but apparently you have your own brand of you electrolytes. So stay hydrated. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so someone was telling me about this, and I, like I was looking it up because like it was kind of weird. I was I was thinking about making like just getting my own website, and someone had my name. I was like, damn. You could just e-commerce yeah. sell those own thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Boom. <laughs> They called name, image, and likeness, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that I was walking through uh, Sprouts right down the street, and oh, yeah. uh, 
I was like, oh, Balo? I was like, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah, so, but anyways, appreciate you, homie. Yeah. Uh, thanks Thank for taking you. the time yeah. to come out here and just shoot the shit with us. Yeah, I um, appreciate you yeah. having me on. Yeah. It's been, a, been an honor and a pleasure, sir. Thank you for your service oh, to yeah. our country and appreciate everything you've done. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Sean Drinks. I am Ryan, the bearded bastard. And our friend Bala, sell them. Boom. Hell yeah. Awesome. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Adios. Thank you for watching the Cactus Pit Podcast. Brought to you by Bearded Bastard Barbershop and Legacy Hi-Fi Studios.